Hello, Chit Chatters. Welcome to another episode for Coaching for Millennials. I'm so excited about this episode because I'm going to talk to you today about how to jumpstart your job search in 2021. And this episode particularly for me is exciting because this is the zone of genius that I live in practically every day of my life. As you may or may or not know, I'm a director of career services at a state college in New York. And so the work that I do is helping students and alumni really define what their job search strategy is going to be. So I'm really excited to dig into this episode and share with you all of my expertise and some really juicy details to help your job search get started. Let's dive in. Are you a millennial who's struggling to find more purpose? Do you feel confused when you think about what you're created to do here? Do you waste time on job search engines searching for a better fit? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Well, you don't have to feel that way anymore. Welcome to the Life and Business Coaching for Millennials, a safe space where people from all walks of life can come together to learn, grow, and transform. My name's Jose Miguel Longo, and I'm your host. Life and Business Coaching for Millennials is a place where diversity is celebrated and encouraged, where we can have open, honest conversations about uncovering your purpose in business, feeling more joy in your life, and ultimately finding more happiness and success. I look forward to having meaningful conversations and coaching sessions that will help you explore life, career options, be inspired, fueled, and fulfilled with laughter. It's time to chit chat with Jose Miguel. Let's dive in. All right, Chit Chatters. So here we are. It is Friday, which is probably everybody's favorite day of the week. I know some people love Mondays, but I am coming to you. That was my dog that just moaned. It's really funny. Um, I'm coming to you today to talk to you about how to jumpstart your jumps, how to jumpstart, if I could talk, your job search in 2021. And I was thinking about some of the things that people typically do when it comes to a new year, a fresh start, a new beginning. And I know for a fact that a lot of job seekers or people who are in maybe not so happy positions in their jobs start to look for a job in the new year after the holidays, a fresh beginning, like I said. And, you know, sometimes this is a big goal and it doesn't always happen that in January, but I think the strategy that you need to take if you're actively seeking for a job is really important. And what I'm going to talk to you today is give you some quick and easy tips because job searching in its own can be really stressful. It can be really, um, you know, exhausting. It could also give you some anxiety and it could be tedious because you're repeating certain actions and steps. So, you know, just like any other um, thing that you try to set out to do and achieve as a goal, um, when you're talking about a job specifically, you want to be really sure that you're applying to the job that speaks to you. So let's get started with this in relationship to, you know, what it is that you want to be searching for. So when I think about searching for a job, the idea of opening up a job search engine, I know gives people anxiety because I hear from a lot of the clients or the students that I work with is that I don't know where to start. And you need to start from a place of what are your skills, what are your values, and what is your experience? You need to acknowledge and know what you're bringing to the table before you can hit 
anything in that keyboard to then put the enter button to search. That at the forefront is really, really important. The second piece to that is what is it that you're searching for? Is it for an industry related job or is it for a job that's specific to your degree? Is it something that you want to pivot to and transition from one career to another? Those are questions you want to ask yourself in this job search process so that you're making the best decision in your keywords. So obviously there's a lot of parts to the job searching piece. And with thinking about those keywords, you want to be able to think, okay, if I'm looking for a job, let's say in the field of software development, right, which is a very common field, um, that is also known as computer science or computer information science when it comes to a degree, but most people know that as the tech field. So I gave you probably five or six different keywords that you could search for if that is your industry or if that's the type of field that you're looking for a job in. So let's say you're on Indeed or on LinkedIn. You want to put the keyword in the search. So great, now you get, I don't know, maybe four or 500 different jobs that are posted out there. You want to be aware of what the job description is telling you so that you have a better sense of, does this job really fit the criteria of what I have experience doing? And this is where people who are searching for a job fail because they're not really wholeheartedly reading the job description and seeing if the job is a good match for them. Now, my rule of thumb is apply to everything. You are never going to know if you don't apply. And so you want to be intentional, but at the same time, if something really is calling to you, don't say you're not going to apply because maybe you're missing one or two qualifications. So what I always tell my students and my clients is that you need to print this job description if you have the capability to do that, read the actual company description, the job description and the summary, and then read through the responsibilities and the qualifications. And I always say bring a highlighter, bring a pen or pencil, I know it sounds silly, but with every single detail that is a qualification or a responsibility, that you know you have the ability to perform or do, you wanna make sure you highlight that. And then with your pen or pencil, write an example of how you can achieve that specific responsibility or qualification. Because you wanna make sure that the keywords that are being used in the job description, <clears throat> you're applying them into your resume and your cover letter. So this also brings me to my first piece of, I guess my first tip, of what to do when you're job searching. So essentially, there are obviously things you need to do and steps you should follow when it comes to having a successful job search strategy. So my first tip is obviously updating your resume. So now that you know which job it is that you're applying to and you know what the job description is, your resume needs to be tailored for the job. And I say this all the time. I know there's another episode where I talk about job descriptions and I talk about job searching, but it's very important. I can't emphasize this enough. Any person who works in the recruiting world, um, especially depending on the applicant tracking system they have because they're getting smarter and smarter, you want to make sure that you're showcasing the specific keywords, all of that juicy SEO from the job description in your resume. That is why you need to tailor it to the job. So updating your resume 
Um, you want to make sure you also highlight accomplishments from the work experience that you have and, and professional development opportunities. So what that means is you go to the actual position you most recently held um, and then you review what it is that you've done in that position and you see how there are specific things that you've done that you actually may have had goals you had to attain. So describe what the actions were that you did to obtain those goals. Were they measurable? Um, was there anything that you can apply a dollar value? Maybe it was cost savings or maybe it was a percentage of time. Things that people can read and see so that they actually can see a clear picture of like, oh, okay, this person actually achieved this measure of success. And if you can't do that, that's okay. But you want to make sure that you're reading the job and your experience as if it was meant for you. Okay. Now, when it comes to professional development, a lot of people sometimes don't realize that by um, being active in a organization, whether it's a non-for-profit or a for-profit, and dedicating and donating your time and serving on a committee, that is considered professional development. Now, doesn't always have to be specific to the industry of the work that you do. It could just be that out of your kindness of your heart. Maybe you volunteer at your local food bank or you volunteer at the soup kitchen or you have a non-for-profit that you're active in or you, you know, you're an advocate for specific things, whether it's LGBTQ or the Boys and Girls Club or you're a big brother or big sister. Whatever it might be, you want to showcase those qualifications because those showcase leadership, but it also demonstrates your ability to multitask and have multiple competencies that you've developed to showcase. So updating your resume is tip number one, making sure that you're checking through the job description, finding all the juicy SEO, sprinkling it around the job, sprinkling it around your resume and in your cover letter. Okay, the second piece, the second tip, which I kind of mentioned already in number one, is tailoring and customizing your resume to match the job description. So I've already kind of went into detail about that. It is number two on my list here, but I really can't emphasize that enough. I have to say that at, when my in my past recruiting roles, um, when I actually was actively hiring people, I had an average of 70 to 90 applicants in each job that I was responsible for recruiting for. And sometimes I was outsourcing, so I actually posted jobs in different um, channels to recruit with or I was actively searching myself using LinkedIn and looking for people for certain positions. But that's separate from the number of people that organically came through our applicant tracking system. I'll also use the abbreviation ATS, which you may see written in different places. That also means applicant tracking system. So be aware about that. So with, with the ATS, they've become smarter. Where I used to work and I was a recruiter, it was a homegrown system that I grew with my team and we built it the way we wanted it to. Um, the applicant tracking systems of today, you can actually put in a slew of keywords that you want to pull from people's resumes, which will then give you a short list of applicants so that it saves time on the recruiter from having to go through that list of 70 to 80 applicants who've applied. That now brings you as a candidate, or I should say as an applicant, to the top of the short list because you've used the keywords that are sprinkled into the job description in your resume, in your cover letter. Getting what I'm saying here? So this is why it's really, really important to customize your resume 
every single time you apply to a job. But let me teach you and tell you a little secret. And this is one of the things that I kind of like preach to my students all the time. As you're kind of developing your career, no matter where you are, if you are a entry level, new entry, you know, recent college grad, or you're a mid-career, someone who has been working in the workforce for 15, 20 plus years, or you're at end of the end of your career or a career transitioner, meaning you've been working for over 20 plus years and you're looking to move into another one or retire from one, or just ready to retire and you want to kind of you know decide you want to end your career, um, you still want to have what I call a master version resume. And this is a resume that has all of the history of your experience. Now, depending on where you are in your career, you may have transitioned from different industries um, throughout the years. So for example, I, when I first started working, I worked in the corporate world and I did sales and I did corporate sales and then I did consumer sales and I also did customer service. And so the resume that I had, you know, nearly 20 years ago is very different than the resume that I have today because today I work in education. And so that resume does not really resemble the type of jobs that I would be applying to today. Now, if I wanted to jump back into the corporate world and do sales again, I would pull out those experiences and just add them to the bottom of my resume to showcase here's what I've been doing the last 10 to 15 years, but here's some other experiences that I've had. Now, that's hard to showcase too because a lot of employers only look at the last seven to 10 years of work experience. And so that could also kind of keep you from being considered, but you've just built more and more years of experience. So sometimes instead of putting it on the bottom of the resume, you may want to put a section that says relevant work experience, list the employer, list your list your title and the dates, and then below it just put recent work experience as another section and list all of your experiences there and then sprinkle in all of the actual keywords. Now, that example applies specifically to someone who is went from one industry, left that industry, worked in another industry and wants to go back to the original industry. Um, another example might be if you're, you know, I mentioned the recent grad or kind of like a mid, like early mid career person. So a mid early career person, your first 10 years of your of your working career, you're going to have your education at the very top of your resume. Your education is still valuable. And that's if you have one, right? Not everybody goes and gets a college degree. So let's be realistic about that. So if you don't have the college degree, you want to make sure that you're mapping out and outlining all the key points of the experience that you've had from the years of work that you've spent at each company and go back as far as seven to 10 years. Now, if you find that from your experiences at other places, there is more relevant responsibilities that you had, then minimize the number of bullets that you're showcasing throughout the jobs and throughout the years of experience so that you can highlight those in different spaces. Um, the other thing that I also want to mention in regards to that is that if you're someone who um, does have an education and by the time you get to like your fourth or fifth job and maybe you're in year 10 of your work experience, you want to push your education down because now your work experience has hold a higher value to the information that you're doing into your to the career that you're taking. And I know people are like, wait, what? 
you will look at resume samples or templates, which is a curse word for me, that actually showcase um, that there's no education on the first page or on the top of the page. But I want to go back to my original statement, which was the master version resume. So the master version, I have probably three or four different master versions, which have changed and transformed over the years. Um, but my master version has very, very specific details about every single job. And when I go to apply to a new job, I open up that master version. I open up a new Word doc or Google doc. I, I would prefer for anyone to use Word because that's what people would use. Um, and I would start to copy and paste the most relevant information about the job that I'm applying to from my master version resume. So you're going to go through that master version and you're going to go through and look at what is that's relevant to the job and then start to change out some of the words that are used so that you're using keywords from the job description. This is going to save you time because when we talk about um, tailoring and customizing your resume, you're not rewriting your resume. You're just really using information that you already have. Okay, so bullet. Uh, tip number one was updating your resume. Tip number two, tailoring and customizing your resume to match the job description you're applying to. Number three, um, updating your LinkedIn profile and starting to engage with your network. So LinkedIn obviously is the biggest social media networking platform for business or for professionals. Let me just say that. Um, I don't like to call it a social networking or social media platform because I feel that it's much more than that. And I know that people, I know LinkedIn has changed over the years, but by definition, you know, most people will say it's the professional networking platform um, or it's a professional version of Facebook, I should say. But if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, definitely you want to get on LinkedIn and create a profile it should take you, you know, about 45 minutes to do so. And if you want someone to critique your profile, please reach out. I'd be happy to help you with that and making sure that you're putting in all the keywords that you want to have that are going to make more sense for recruiters to find you when you're job searching. So going back to updating your LinkedIn profile and starting to engage in a network. The reason you're updating your LinkedIn profile is so that recruiters in the industry that you're actually applying to can find you. You want to sprinkle in those keywords in from your industry or from the jobs you're applying to so that recruiters know that you're actively looking. And you may want to update your profile headline, which is kind of like your one-liner to let recruiters know that you're actively looking. So you can say, um, you know, professional and blank blank industry opened for recruiting or open for hire or something like that. You can always play with those words. Um, and then start reaching out to recruiters in the industries of the jobs you're looking for. You can always use keywords to search on LinkedIn to making sure that people can find you or you can find the people you're looking for. Maybe connect for companies or, you know, do a Google search of top 10 companies in, you know, software development and see what comes up and then start looking for people that work in those companies on LinkedIn and then establish a personal connection. And what I mean by that is that when you're on LinkedIn and you're looking to connect with people, it is very, very important that you actually send a personalized message to that person when you request to connect with them. It's not like Facebook where you can just click and add people and it doesn't matter. People are really serious about 
their network and who they enter and allow to enter in their network. And the idea of having a professional platform is that you're actually actively engaging with people. So you want to create a relationship and establish a relationship with the people you're connecting with on LinkedIn. So when you find someone you want to connect with, you want to obviously click send message and say, hey there, um, I'm a person who's working in blank, blank, blank. Um, I came across your profile and saw that you're a recruiter at blank company. I would love the opportunity to connect with you and maybe chat for 15 minutes. Let me know what works for you. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Hopefully there's some opportunities out there that you can help me out with. Thank you for your time. Three sentences, very simple, very concise. You're, get, you're getting out your intention and you're letting them know what you're looking for. And recruiters who use LinkedIn as a recruiting tool, they live on that platform. Um, there are apps for recruiting that recruiters use for LinkedIn, so they're definitely on their phone using it. When I was a recruiter on LinkedIn, I used to have my own administrative login and I used to be able to search for people based on the jobs that I was posting. It was really cool and unique and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and I learned so much about it too. Um, and so that is going to help you establish a network with recruiters, which is great to always have in your back pocket, and then being able to start conversations. Maybe that person knows other recruiters that might be able to help you because just because they, they may not have a position doesn't mean they don't know somebody that does, right? So now you're opening up that larger web of connections that LinkedIn really offers. So it's really, really important. The other thing is pop into groups, right? So you know, when we talk about connecting with people, there are tons and tons and tons of groups on LinkedIn for different industries, for different job types. Um, really, pretty much for anything, there's a group on LinkedIn. Um, and people have active conversations in them. And so popping into groups on LinkedIn is a great way to build your network, especially when you're trying to establish a presence um, and you're trying to really have people see you and gain visibility. Um, another tip that's really important, so I guess this is tip number four, is in addition to you know starting those conversations, start actually posting on LinkedIn. So sharing content is really important. That's how the algorithm starts to notice you. That's how the algorithm starts to recognize that you are available for everything your profile is saying that you are. But it's also giving you an opportunity for you to be seen. And whether you post information that is relevant to sharing an article, so let's say you find an article in the New York Times that's specific to your industry, you thought it was really interesting, you want to share that to LinkedIn and then provide a short comment as to found this great article, what do people think about blah, 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 blah. And then you post it and you kind of move on from it. That will create engagement. Okay, that will create people to say, oh, this person's doing such and such. And then they'll see your profile and they'll see your profile headline and then they'll see that you're actively looking for a job. Um, so really making sure that you're connecting with people, looking for people, connecting in groups and then actively using your LinkedIn profile to engage um, in posting. And then the other thing is from that point, too, is commenting on other people's posts because people see other people's posts when you comment and then they may see your information when you comment. So it's it's a really unique opportunity for you to make yourself stand out, develop some relationships, create some connections, and then strengthen your visibility, okay? Um, 
me see what other things I can mention to you. So the other thing that's important in regards to your job search that I think people don't often think about, and it's not obsolete yet, is a cover letter. Um, and, and cover letters, so let me jump back for a quick second. I mentioned the um, resume piece, right? I mentioned tailoring your resume, customizing your resume. Um, so those are two. Three is updating your LinkedIn profile. Um, number four is relevant keywords that will show up from your resume into your LinkedIn profile. Number five is starting to engage in conversations with recruiters and in groups and people in your field. Um, and then number six is connecting with people who you may not know um, in the field through actually posting stuff that may come into your network. So those are six tips so far. Number seven is going to be specific to your cover letter. Um, so kind of taking you back a little bit, now you've kind of set up your resume, you kind of prepared it for a job, not jobs, for a job. So be aware about that. These are just kind of tools and resources. Um, and now you're activating your presence. So you're kind of creating a strategy on how you're going to approach this. Just because you may not have prepared your resume for other jobs doesn't mean you can't actively engage in conversations with recruiters or people in your field to start developing relationships to potentially find a job. Just be prepared to edit your resume, write a cover letter when they say, oh, here's an open position I'm recruiting or hiring, right? Those are the things that are important. Going to the cover letter. So the same way you're using those keywords from the job description in your resume, um, you want to do the same thing in your cover letter. And for your cover letter, what's really important is that, you know, there's a very simple, very simple process in writing a cover letter. And the thing that I talk to my students and my clients about the most is that you want to do the who, the what, the where, the why in your first paragraph. So the who is, what is the job, right? The job title. Where did you find it? Okay. And the why is, why do you want that job? Tell the person why you want that position. And then your second paragraph, so that's paragraph one, your second paragraph is, how are you qualified for this position? So you've just told them why you want the job. Tell them how you're qualified. Go back to the job description and those examples that you wrote from the job description in the beginning, put those in there. Tell the story of how you're qualified. And then kind of bring that together in your third paragraph by sharing your experiences. Get them to see how you're the best candidate for this position because you have all the experience they want and they need to hire you. And then your fourth paragraph is the closing. You wanna be aggressive to say, I welcome the opportunity to be considered for this position. I look forward to connecting with you and talking to you more about my experiences, my skills and qualification in an interview. I can be reached at blank email, blank phone number. Sincerely, blank, 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 right? Very basic. I think people get really overwhelmed by the idea of writing a cover letter. I think people get stuck on showcasing their skills in bullet form, which is really awkward and weird. A cover letter is never really intended to be that way. I know it's a preference thing, but from a recruiting standpoint, I know people's time is limited. So when you do that, sometimes you're not really, you really don't have all the things that are instrumental for the position. Now, one thing I want to go back to in regards to the cover letter, I mentioned early on that the cover letter is not obsolete yet. 
I know a lot of recruiters, and I always ask this question when I'm talking to recruiters, I would say probably 40 to 60% of recruiters read cover letters. Um, and the reason that is, is because as a recruiter, you're looking for your short list of applicants to share with the hiring manager. The hiring manager will likely read your cover letter because it's more meaningful to them. Not every single recruiter, depending on what the work they do, if they're just kind of actively recruiting and they have all these requisitions they have to go through, they don't have time to sit there and read every single person's cover letter. They want to skim the resume to make sure they meet the qualifications. But the cover letter is still an instrumental part of the job search process. And so you want to make sure that even though you may think of it as a waste of time or you may think of it as something that you're really not sure if you want to do it, you want to make sure you at least include a letter of intent. Because not every job asks for a cover letter anymore, but you want to make sure that you attach a letter of intent, even if it's just one paragraph. Um, so, you know, kind of summarizing all these things because I've been kind of going at it with you for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes now. But we have those top tips, right? Seven tips in total. We talked about tailoring your resume, um, updating your resume. So that's one and two. Updating your LinkedIn profile to engage in your network. So making sure you have all those relevant keywords. So that's three and four. Um, starting conversations with recruiters and in groups. And then connecting with people who you don't know and making sure you're customizing those connections. So that's four and that's five and six. And then number seven is the cover letter. So those are my tips for you to jumpstart your recruitment strategy or job search strategy in 2021. Um, you know, I'm here for anybody who is looking to really get this going. I can show you how to really instrumentally transform your LinkedIn profile to making sure that it's visible to every single recruiter out there. I can help you manage and map your cover letter as well as your resume. I have a package that's called the Job Search Pivot that does just that. Um, so if you're looking to really have someone who's worked in this in the field of um, recruitment for many years, who also is active in the field as a career coach, I'm here for you, Bill. I'm ready when you're ready. You know what to do to get to me. Hello at coachingwithjoseandmiguel.com. Um, find me on the Insta. Find me on the Facebook. Also find me on the LinkedIn. That's where I live. That's my zone of genius. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really, really appreciate it. And if you really liked what you heard today and it brought you some value, please go ahead to Apple Podcast and make sure you leave a review. I read every single one of them. It means the world to me when I really get the opportunity to go back and review people's comments. And I also want to hear from you. Jump on over to our um, Facebook group, which is Coaching for Millennials on Facebook. And be sure to go ahead and post you know, what are some things you want to hear about? If you're looking for advice on life, if you're looking for advice on your career, if you're looking to really elevate your LinkedIn presence, whether you're someone who is brand new to LinkedIn or you've lived on LinkedIn but haven't done anything with it, I'm your boy. I got you. Thank you so much. Have an amazing weekend. I can't wait to bring you the next episode. Hey, Chit Chatter, before you go, if you love this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I read every single one of them. It would mean the world to me. And if you love some free coaching, go ahead, like, subscribe, and in the review, leave us a comment 
go ahead and screenshot it and then post it on over on Instagram stories and tag me at Jose Miguel Longo. Thank you so much for listening. All my love. And I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.